back to the Doggy Juice Pod. This is episode number 138, Friday, September 15th, 2023. We're back with a fresh new episode. Why didn't the Eagles uh, go for two on that final touchdown last night on on uh, Thursday Night Football? They were up by six, scored a touchdown, and kicked the extra point to go up 13. That's cause for concern. I've got a quick episode for you all heading into the weekend here. I want to discuss the decision by certain regulated U.S. sports books to void Aaron Rodgers-related bets after he tore his Achilles and ended his season and had my 40-1 to Jets Super Bowl tickets on Monday night, and why decisions like this by sports books are terrible for the industry and, more importantly, the consumers as a whole. So we'll talk about that, and of course we'll have a few plays in our Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week after a 1-0 start last week with the Commanders and Browns. Three rocking chair winners on the Doggy Juice Pod plays from last week with Appalachian State, Dallas Cowboys, and the under in the Browns and Bengals game. But I would have had my biggest NFL bet of the year by far on Giants plus 39.5, and that would have lost. My next biggest NFL bet of the year would have been on Browns-Bengals over 28, and that would have lost. And I would have also had a big bet on UNC at minus six and a half, and that would have lost two. And I'm only saying this because it's a good reminder to keep your stake size in check and a useful exercise in bankroll management just to think of things uh, that way. Because, um, you know, some these wins, these rocking chair winners, sometimes they're they're so easy and they're, most of them aren't like that and stuff. But uh, you just got to keep that in mind as, as you're playing this game. Uh, Iowa State lost to my Hawkeyes. I did say I'd take that at plus four and a half, and that did briefly hit for a moment at a few spots towards the end of the week. So I I did get down on some of that. Hopefully you did not take that because it just flashed briefly. But my Hawkeyes beat the Cyclones. And then the Bills minus two and a half didn't get there, although I saw the live line hit uh, plus 14 and Jets money line was at nine to one, even plus plus 950 at some spots. Uh, but the Jets, of course, roared back. They won outright and really cruel uh, for a lot of people that uh, obviously with Jets fans and everything. Uh, and, you know, of course, they won that game. But that was an interesting one because Fallen Star Theory was was in full display on that game. And I was watching it with my wife. Um, we were unpacking our new apartment we moved into. And I was telling her Fallen Star Theory here as soon as as soon as uh, Rogers went down. And sure enough, you know, we've talked about that. It really only applies, you know, teams circle the wagons. Uh, and this is not a tried and true thing, but. You know, you saw it happen with that awesome Jets defense, too. Um, it makes sense. You see a star player go down, and maybe the team they're playing against kind of eases up a little bit. Um, also, a new player comes in to take the new position. Obviously, <laughs> the downgrade from Rodgers to Wilson is pretty strong there. Um, but, you know, the team didn't prep for for Wilson, of course, heading into that game. Not like Wilson did anything. But also, it's a circle the wagons thing. Everyone kind of steps up and... and, uh, and and this is a thing, you know, that you step up, it's, it's human nature as well. You know, you're, you want to win one for the Gipper or, uh, you know, get just everyone, everyone tries a little bit harder after their, their guy goes down. But what you do see, it really only applies to that one game and teams that lose that big star tend to be just what you thought they'd be in subsequent games. And it makes sense because not only is the circle, the wagons notion gone in the next game and, and slew of games, but the reality of the situation starts to set in with the players, the coaches, etc. And teams, too, that you're playing against also have tape on you with that replacement in the lineup. So, like I said, the Jets do have that very strong defense. And as I record this Friday morning, I'm seeing some Jets money actually hitting the market with some of the sharper books now sitting at Cowboys uh, 8.5 down from 9.5. More on the NFL later, though. Hello! All right. We have an epidemic to discuss, people. So unless you've been living under a rock, Monday night, Aaron Rodgers went down with a season-ending Achilles injury. 
blowing up the hopes of Jets fans everywhere, but also betters like myself who backed them preseason in futures markets, uh, regular season win markets, and, and the like. Now, you could see this coming as soon as Rodgers went down just by reading the comments on Twitter and social media. People everywhere were asking for a refund from their sports book for their Aaron Rodgers bets. They wanted their mulligan, their free handouts, because it's happened in the past. And sure enough, after the game ended, a select number of regulated U.S. sports books, DraftKings and Caesars being the most well-known, they did just that. They refunded certain bets around Aaron Rodgers. And that, my friends, is the epidemic. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm 100% all for companies choosing to do whatever they want, as long as it's within the bounds of the law and, and any regulations that may apply. And trust me, there's a ton of those in sports betting. As long as they're within the bounds of the law, I'm fully supportive of any company out there making whatever the hell business decision they so choose. It's not my company to run after all. And they can live at the consequences of those decisions. It's freedom to do business. That's the American way. And I've worked on both sides of the counter, so I know the unique marketing, customer acquisition, customer retention challenges that legal U.S. operators face. But this is different, and I'm going to explain why. We are in the infancy days of legal regulated sports betting here in the U.S. It's just barely been over five years. And some major jurisdictions like New York, they've only seen uh, online betting for only for a relatively short amount of time. And like an infant baby, the industry itself is incredibly moldable right now. And within the industry, what I'm really talking about is the betters themselves and their relationship with the legal sports books and their expectations um, around dealing with legal regulated sports books here in the U.S. What does the bookie better relationship look like? What should it look like? You know, most people are just learning to figure this whole thing out. And honestly, that's what the doggy juice pot is here for at the end of the day. People just like that, that um, to help them figure it out. So in short, it's an incredibly important and moldable time, mainly for consumers. And a lot of them, a lot of these consumers are very young, vulnerable, and impressionable people. And when you create situations where these consumers, especially these younger ones, they expect to see their bet voided just when something unfortunate happens, like an Aaron Rodgers, you know, like an outlier event like this, it creates an unreasonable and unrealistic expectation that this can and will continue to happen in the future. You know, it's like the thought of, oh, this is unfair. I want my money back, that victim mentality. And when, you know, when whining and complaining and looking and, you know, looking for and even expecting a refund because you were harmed, you know, in reality, it, it's the complete discretion of the individual operator whether or not to void these bets or offer promos around it. But nonetheless, the expectation is being created with decisions like this. And that is dangerous from a consumer protection angle. What it becomes really is looking for free handouts, that participation trophy mentality, whatever you want to call it. And is that even really American, too? That's the other thing, too. I mean, it's, you know, you make a bet and you should expect you know, to live at the consequences, right? I mean, I'm afraid this has instead created a lot of betting Karens asking to see the manager because you're upset that this happened and now you're expecting a favorable response. And in reality, this is all 100% what betting is all about, dealing with the consequences of your bets and the contract you make when you when you make that bet. So you could have bet Rogers under. No one stopped you from doing that. Do underbetters get a, a similar reprieve in a, in a similar situation? No, they don't. But either way, a bet was made. And it's a tacit agreement between the better and the bookmaker with what should be clearly defined rules on how to grade those wagers. And if a better or sorry, if a player gets injured and you lose your bet, 
that's tough shit. It happens. It was the risk you took as a better when you placed that wager. You made that decision, and you, you could have made the opposite decision, bet the under, but you lost. You live with the consequences. So is betting, and so is life. And it's as important time as any for American sports bettors to learn this. One can argue the entire future success of the industry as a whole depends on it. Otherwise, it's just like a, it's a casino circus clown show, which is unfortunately what a lot of the big names out there, <clears throat> DraftKings, <clears throat> want it to be. So it's just not, it, it's not fair. It's not setting realistic expectations. And as I've said on the pod recently, this year has been, uh, one of the biggest issues this year has been uh, the topic of discussion in the industry has been around responsible gaming. And I'm so happy about that. It's, it's about fucking time we're, we're talking about it. And I've worked with multiple responsible gaming groups over the past year and and the one constant on my end has been how far are we really how far we really have to go as an industry not only on the on the educational side for all stakeholders you know betters operators lawmakers regulators but more importantly on the consumer protection side at the end of the day consumers need to be confident in the system that they're using otherwise they're going to bring their action back offshore or to the black market or you know betting sites when there's confusion that that aren't legal and that's bad for everyone. You can't get taxable revenue. It's bad for you know, taxpayer, taxpayers, lawmakers, everybody involved. And to be honest, the disconnect between risk and fraud teams and customer service teams at, at the same operator, like DraftKings, for for example, that's making things even more difficult as well. And that's a topic I want to discuss in more depth in the future. But when you have you know people that are uneducated and and don't know even the basics of sports betting, communicating with customers makes it even even harder. And we're at such a crucial stage in the industry right now where people are learning, but predatory practices by sports picks are reeling them in. They're shoving parlays and same game parlays down their throats, limiting them when they show a pulse that they can maybe win long term or even just winning in the short term, to be honest. And and they're coming up with these free gimmicks, creating unrealistic expectations for free handouts. And I can promise you, they don't give a shit about you. They just want you to have an account with them that's funded, and you, they want you betting with them. And catering to the calls of uneducated bettors crying for a refund does nothing more than ruin and further mix up the expectation of the better bookie relationship and what it should be, while important virtues like honor and transparency, they fall by the wayside. Now, lots of bets were blown up when Rogers went down the other night. But where do you draw the line? I myself had, had quite a bit of Jets bets across the board. I had them, I mean, I've told you guys back in January, end of January, I have them 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. And around that time, I bet them to win the conference. I bet them to win the division at very favorable pricing. Should I get my buddy back now? Should I get it? <laughs> Why was it fair for someone betting a Rogers prop right before the game to get a refund or a promo bet, but not someone who bet a Jets future over the summer? Should the dollar amount matter? And what if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers? What if it was still the star player who has a major impact on the betting line, a quarterback, but not as big of a name? What if it isn't as important of a player? What if it's you know just a, a no-name guy or a running back that's not going to matter as much? Where do you draw the line? So, and I'm talking about player props here too, where you know people put their hard-earned money down, and you know they, you call for the, the handout, you get it on this one, but then you're expecting it in, fu- in, in the future, and this is terrible for transparency. It continues to set unrealistic expectations that will not work out in the long run. Eli Herskovich, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, he's a big college basketball guy from the Lions. Um, he wrote an article on this that I think is, is a good summary of the issues I urge you to check out. He puts it a lot more politely than I probably would have, and definitely a lot more politely than other industry veterans who are going full scorched earth on this issue. I mean, I think we do need to slow down a little bit. It's just another one-off. There's going to be probably more of this as well, but you know, take Spanky, the founder of BetBash, for example. Um, but he made a good point in a tweet he posted that I retweeted from the Doggy Juice Twitter account this morning, and I'll, I'll quote, 
Nothing is more important than transparency. Any surprises should be limited to the playing field and not how you get treated by your bookmaker, end quote. These types of things create a terrible and dangerous precedent moving forward as an industry. The one thing we can absolutely bank on now is more calls for voids like this when the next inevitable high-profile injury happens, and even a lower-profile injury. Next, next time one happens, just check the comment sections on social media, and they'll be flooded with them. The crying and calls for voids and free handouts will be there, and that is bad. You should make a bet. You should live with the consequences. You should have a clear and transparent understanding of what is going to happen when you take any action at any regulated U.S. sports book. And I very much hope that as an industry, we move away from things like this. I'm all for free bets. Sports books do whatever they want on the marketing side to attract new customers. But we need to keep everything 100% transparent, not only out of fairness, being treated fairly and and knowing what is going to happen without any ambiguity, but also so we can all have faith in this entire system moving forward and create productive, better bookie relationships. And remember, we're still in the infancy days of this legal regulated sports betting thing here in the U.S. And the last thing we need is more knee-jerk reactions by lawmakers and regulators that set us further back. And and things like this is what creates those scenarios. So it's as important a time as ever to create a, a playing field that's level, that's fair, that's transparent, and don't give consumers false expectations that may never come to fruition. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Getting all swollen. All right, let's finish up the pod by giving the people what they want, and that's picks. Now, it's tougher to give out plays later in the week, and last week I recorded uh, the episode on Sunday night heading into the week, right after the NCAA college football numbers came out and before NFL limits had really even risen. So it is tougher to you know give out plays that, that still have value in the market when recording on a Friday. So that's your, your first caveat. And then just a reminder that not all weeks will be as smooth as our picks last week, especially with those rocking chair winners, especially releasing later in the week, like I just said. And I've said this before, when trying to hit 55% on your of your minus 110 bets, which a very, very select small group are able to accomplish in the long run, you're really only winning one more bet out of 20 than a random person who's just flipping coins, or a drunk baby flipping coins, as some people like to say. Only one out of 20 bets. You only win one more out of 20. So like many people overreact. That's a big problem, of course. It's something we've been shouting from the rooftops about here on the Doggy Juice Pod for over five years now, is to stay away from overreacting to small sample sizes. Our human brains are weak at the end of the day, because you're going to get burned by it thinking that way. So stake your bets accordingly. Make sure you have enough for next week and the following weeks of the variance gods don't work out in your favor this weekend. So in college, it's tough right now as I'm recording this because nothing is showing for a full position on my stuff. Uh, Michigan State is close at home against Washington, but I really like uh, plus 17 to show. Plus 17 minus 112 is at the Camby books as I record this, if you can actually get down at those books, you know, the Bet Rivers and, and Sugar Houses of the World, um, Bally's in Ohio and um, Unibet. But um yeah, that's that's a good spot. They're showing it right now, but it's at plus sixteen and a half, you know, consensus as I'm recording this. So um yeah, there's distractions in East Lansing with the Mel Tucker stuff, but you know, pure numbers wise, this is a, a solid look at anything plus you know, fourteen and a half or better. But I'm not gonna call this an official play, but wait for that seventeen to pop. I think you might see it on Saturday. If if you can get down to Camby, do it now. Uh, but that's a pretty good look. A historical spread with Florida and Tennessee, with Tennessee laying six on the road against the Gators. 
you could have snagged seven earlier in the week. So just a lean for me on the home team at this point. But one bet you could get into play right now is I do like the under, the, the total in that game at 58.5. That's available at DraftKings. As I record this on Friday morning, Chris and Pin- Pinnacle Offshore, they're at 57 and 57.5 and respectively. And those are the sharper books that actually take bets. So um, when those sharp books are leaning a certain way, it's it's good to get into play. So under 58.5 at DraftKings. Call that one good at, at uh at under at, at 57 and a half or better. Yes, I'll be the asshole with some Colorado State in pocket against Colorado, but I'm waiting until kickoff to get into play. They're really looking for 24 or higher to show. It's 23 and a half consensus that line as I record this. Um, but looking for that, that 24 or better after the public money piles in on Saturday morning on on Coach Prime. But honestly, it's not going to be a full position. I have upgraded the shit out of Colorado so far. Do I think they've been over, you know, there's been a bit of an overcorrection on them now because, I mean, we're talking about a team that's like over 20 points. And I, I have to look through my numbers. Maybe I can say it next week how much I've risen them up. But it's it's been by far the biggest power ratings adjustment from you know year over year on a team. But even week over week that I've seen, it's a complete outlier. But we're getting a ridiculous territory now when they're laying 24 against the in-state rivals. So um, I will be in play there, but definitely tempering the, the stake size. <laughs> Those are some dogs, so let's lay it with a big favorite, Alabama against South Florida. Circa is at 34 on the spread as I record this, but you could still lay 33 with Alabama, DraftKings, and Caesars. Moving on to the NFL, and again, it's tough giving up plays on a Friday, especially in a market like sides and totals in the NFL. They're usually just too sharpened out by the weekend. So, for example, the Seahawks, they were good at plus 6, minus 110. Now it's at plus 5, wouldn't play it. Love the Bears at plus three, minus 110. Now they're sitting at two and a half consensus as I record this. And moving on and off the three in the NFL, as I've said, it's worth about 19 cents. Um, but this Bears game is a low total. This Bears-Bucks game is low total at 41, 40 and a half. Um, so tick that up a notch, that 19 cents. Most books won't give you a fair buy on these when you're trying to buy to the three. But if you have a Camby account, they are charging 13 cents as I'm recording this. So you can get the Bears at plus three as I record this at minus 122. And I think that would be uh, that's playable at those books if you're able to if you're fortunate enough to get down there. Uh, but look around for, you know, if nothing else changes player injury wise or anything like that or player news wise, then look for Bears plus threes to pop. I do like uh, that spot. I think that game should be a little bit closer to a pick them there. I do like the Broncos a lot this week. I, I liked it at three, of course. As I'm recording this, DraftKings money line minus 180 is actually the best that I'm seeing around. Um, and you, you know, use the spread money line converter tools that you can find online. I know Unabated has a good one to see, you know, which one has more relative value, a spread or a money line. Uh, but DraftKings money line minus minus 180 is not terrible there. Um, but I'm also seeing DraftKings offer minus three and a half at minus 105. That's the best I'm seeing there. Can be. They're charging 27 cents to buy this to three because I checked that for, for some of you. But let's go ahead and call this one Broncos minus three and a half as the official uh, play here on the Doggy Juice Pod. I think it's a good spot for them against this Washington team. Even though Chase Young's probably coming back, teams going into altitude in Denver, especially an own one Denver team. Um, with you know a lot a lot to prove there in that spot, I think it's 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 good spot for the Broncos and just power ratings wise, sheer numbers. I have them about three three a little over three points better than Washington on a neutral. So when you factor in that, that travel and then the altitude, I think that's a decent enough edge to get into play on the Broncos this week. And then another team laying it. I I do like the Giants down at minus four now. I think it's a bounce back spot power ratings wise. This round where I have it, and this line has come down a bit from the five and a half uh, ish that it was earlier in the week. 
But if you're going to lay it with the Giants, I, I can get behind that. Maybe not for a full position at minus four, but definitely enough to get into play against uh, against the Cardinals on the road. And in terms of a total, let's go with the over in Detroit and Seattle at 47 or better. So 47 and a half, really reduce the, your, your stake size, but let's call it a 47, which is readily available as I record this. Lots of teaser options this week. And just for a reminder for everybody here on, on teaser strategy, a, a two-team six-point NFL teaser that crosses through the key numbers of three and seven, also called the Stanford Wong teaser, can bring a nice mathematical edge for betters as long as they're not laying too much. And books have combated this now by by raising the, the juice on this to make it unplayable. But you really got to get into play when it's at minus 120 or better. So if it's above that, don't even think about it. If you're fortunate enough to have a book that's offering minus 110 or minus 115 on these 6.2 team NFL teasers, then cherish them. Do whatever you can to keep those accounts. Um, but it's, it's the teaser strategies. It's a wonderful thing we've been discussing here on years for the doggy juice pod. And we have a lot of options this week. I'd love the Falcons when they're getting one and a half at home against the Packers. That line's flipped now. Now Falcons are lame one and a half. And I'm, you know, I'll probably get some Packers teaser action in play. I haven't yet, you know, obviously having both, both sides. Um, but you know, Falcons, it's, it's safe to say that we're going to be seeing a lot of teaser opportunities in Falcons games this year. They're the ultimate low variance team. Under Arthur Smith, loves to run the ball, and so lots of low totals and look and, and slow play clocks. <laughs> you know, taking a lot of time. And when you're looking at their schedule, there's a lot of tight spreads as well. So we'll be teasing them and and the team that they're playing against very often this year. Um, but I did love the Falcons. That's just a product of recording on a Friday though, because that line's flipped. You were able to get them on a teaser earlier in the week. The Colts, they they're a great option as well. I'm seeing plus one and a half on them against the Texans, teasing up through the three and the seven up to plus seven and a half. That's available. That's at multiple spots right now as I record this. And the Bills, the Bills are now minus eight, minus eight and a half as I record this, um, depending on where you shop. So you can get the Bills down on the teaser as well, teasing through the seven to three. The 49ers fit from seven and a half down to one and a half against the Rams. And the Steelers plus two and a half at home against the Browns on Monday Night Football. You could tease them up as well through the three and the seven in a very low total, a game with a low total. And then the aforementioned Bears, they are in teaser territory too. You can tease them up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half with that low total. And of course, lower totals are better for teasers because it magnifies the value of every respective point that you're teasing through. Because at the end of the day, teasing is just buying points and parlaying. That's all it is. But you can get that nice math edge. You know, if you check check the money line parlay on those and and then check the teaser when you're paying minus 115, minus 120, whatever it is, it's going to be a lot better to tease. So a um, lot of options this week. In terms of the Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week, we're 1-0 so far after last week. I'm really torn right now between Bills minus 2 and Steelers plus 8.5 or Bills minus 2 and Bears plus 8.5. But let's go with uh, Bills minus 2 paired with Steelers up to plus eight and a half. And actually, what let's let's say Bills minus two and a half, just to be completely fair. It's about 50-50 right now in the market, uh, whether or not you can get, you know, the Bills are at eight and a half or eight as I record this. So um, just in the sake of fairness, let's go Bills minus two and a half, teased or paired with Steelers up to eight and a half, plus eight and a half for the official Doggy Juice Pod NFL Week 2 teaser of the week. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you enjoyed listening to this, then please just take 5-10 seconds to rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, 
Just giving that quick rating really helps get the pod out to more people who could benefit from it, especially those who are interested in learning more about the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization and regulation and how to become a better sports better during these very exciting times in the industry. Anything you can do to help spread the word, really appreciate it by myself. Mrs. Doggy Juice is only one week out from giving birth to Doggy Juice Jr., so that may impact my next episode timing, but I'm fully planning on coming back next week, if nothing else, with just something short so we can get a, you know, a couple picks in for the people. But in the next episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, I plan to dive into the life cycle of a normal week during football season, as in you know, when numbers go up, when books post openers, when limits go up throughout the week, how a line in college football in the NFL evolves over the course of a typical football week in the fall. I think that could be really useful uh, for some of you listeners out there to hear and learn more about. All right, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck on your action. And I'll talk to you all again soon. Doggy Juice out. <laughs>